Welcome to the Addiction Connection. We like to believe the opposite of addiction is actually connection, and we are going to attempt to educate you and possibly even entertain you while we navigate all topics addiction. Hi, I'm Dr. Kirk Devine. And I'm Dr. Heather Bell, and we both provide primary care and addiction services. It's our goal to help you learn more about the disease of addiction and its treatments. Go ahead. (laughs) Welcome back. It's 125 of these, so we sometimes have to rock, paper, scissors to see who gets to talk first. I was trying to remember who started the last week. That's called dementia, even though we only taped it 20 (laughs) minutes ago. That's a lie. (laughs) No, we just finished it, but we started it 20 minutes ago. First off, we don't use tape. You're right. Recorded. Anyway, so we are now at the time that this is airing in the middle of... Well, beginning to middle of the American Society of Addiction Medicine, ASAM's Charitable Giving, Treat Addiction Saves Lives. Um, we talked about it a little bit last time as well, but it's about improving access to quality of treatment, educating the professionals and the public, supporting research, and <laughs> helping providers jump on board with this. Yeah, just go to that website. There's a little orange thing, remember? I said it last week. Well, if they didn't listen. Okay. It says, it says donate, donate today. Yeah. So you can just Google ASAM or American Society of Addiction Medicine and you'll find it there. I swear we don't get a nickel of that. No. No, we actually pay them to be members of ASAM. Yeah. So we're paying. So today we're going to talk about a little interesting editorial. That well, it's part three. It's this part three of, of the our suicide risk depression, talks. opioid, yeah. depressing series. And this one's about MOUD for opioid use disorder and how it reduces suicide risks. And so we want to, I mean, it's basically saving lives to put somebody in MOUD. And we briefly mentioned that last time. We did. Um, but this is a little more end, so in depth. That was your teaser for this week. It's yeah. like next week on we're going the, deep. Bachel- the Bachelorette. Yeah, we're going deep on this one. Totally um, missed my Bachelorette reference, but that's okay. Yeah, I've never watched it. And even the commercials make me just a little twitchy. But um, so clearly... That's because they don't have an elder or an older people version. You know, think about it. What if they had a bachelorette that was like 50? They actually, so the bachelorette just they ended. Should. And the one bachelorette's grandpa is Grandpa John, and he is hilarious. He almost reminds me of my grandfather-in-law, Grandpa Tom. But Grandpa John is hilarious. And they asked him because they've had a whole media network all saying, we want Grandpa John as the next voucher. And he goes, Absolutely not. He was like, nope. Then he crossed his arms. It was so funny. I'm trying to remember, is our podcast about addiction or The Bachelorette? You know, it's okay because I'm becoming relatable because people actually watch that show that didn't, you know, graduate high school and never mind. Okay. Anyway. So, MOUD. So, clear link between any substance use disorder and suicide risk, right? And as we've talked, um, OUD has even more significant risk, um, even if you're looking at their, their psych illness, even though we talked about last week that opioids can worsen mental health illnesses, even their mental health is not greatly controlled. So even in the event that everything is great with their mental health, um, just having OUD, yep. it increases. Yeah, and there's been studies that you know had people that had it and didn't, and it doesn't matter. OUD increases risk. So, and again, overdose, can be intentional and versus suicide. We talked about that a little last week. So they did a little retrospective study. I'm going to just kind of jump right in. 
And they actually took uh, 61,000 VA patients. And it's funny, the VA does a lot of these opioid kind of studies. Uh, and this was actually they, looking back from 2003 to 17. And basically, um, you know, they were kind of looking at all-cause mortality, um, you know, suicide. Um, I'm letting you read this because I don't even know what you wrote on this sheet of paper. Oh, yeah. but this External, I don't know what that says. External, well... Suicide basically <laughs> decreases external causes of mortality and all-cause mortality. I didn't realize you were having trouble reading my What brain. is that word? That. Yeah. This this is not a word. External causes of mortality. Causes. There's no word of. Anyway. Well, yeah, it's implied. So they studied the five years following when they started on MOUD. Yeah. And it's notable that 35% of the patients had three at least three additional mental health diagnoses, right? So Okay, wait. 35% of patients who started on MOUD were found to have three additional mental health diagnoses. Yeah, they... Now, are these new mental health diagnoses that they never previously had, or they already had them? They, they just... had three mental health diagnoses, 35% of them. Three? That seems like a lot. I'm just telling you what they said. And really, the, you know, the breakdown of what they... The patients were on was looked at. In terms at, of their MOUD. Right? So these patients, the ones that have been placed on MOUD, these patients, 50% were on BUP, 25% were on methadone, and 25% were on naltrexone, which in our clinic, wouldn't we wouldn't really have any on naltrexone for the most part, very rare. Well, um, I mean, you can. We have to offer that to the patients, of course. We wouldn't correct. do methadone, so and our patients would be higher with suboxone. Well, but. Yeah. So really when you looked at the the periods that patients were on medications for opioid use disorder, their hazard ratio was much less, right? They're, they were 0.45 compared to suicide mortality off treatment. So basically dropped it in half. But interesting, previous studies, previous studies, so not this one we're talking about, showed that there was an increased suicide risk within the two weeks transitioning on or off of MOUD. So that's what previous studies showed. And we don't, we, it doesn't look like you went super in depth into those because, no. I mean, I could ask a thousand questions. Did they cold turkey? Did they start that yeah. way? How did that transition happen? But um, I think that when we think about our patients now, more so with fentanyl than heroin, that transition time is pretty, pretty rocky sometimes. Well, um, when you're just getting them started. Yep. Yeah, the first week. I or mean, two. It can be uncomfortable, but yeah. this study didn't show that. Yeah, this study didn't show that that two-week period was any higher risk, uh, which before they had thought was a problem. So it's interesting that the risk factors for people with suicidality was actually uh, being white and, again, having greater than three psychiatric diagnoses. So patients, and, you know, this I think is is pretty much what you'd think. If you have more mental illness, you're probably going to have a higher suicide risk. What was the baseline demographics of the study population? Now, was this the identified risk factors from the previous studies, or was it just this study? So this was some secondary this just side data. Okay. Yeah. So, so if it didn't show significant increased suicide, yeah. this data is, is it is what it is. But yeah. So the, the bottom line is the basically you're going to drop by more than half the suicide risk by putting people on opioid you know use disorder medications. So I love this next section that you have because, you know, that was a pretty good cross-section, you know, half on BUP 25 and then 25 on methadone naltrexone. So did one of them make more of a difference than another one, Dr. Yeah. 
Devine. <laughs> yeah, it's Dr. Devine to you. Um, <laughs> Not. Yeah, so what type of medications seem to be better? So buprenorphine, interestingly, is the only MOUD that significantly reduced suicide mortality and external mortality. So things outside of, you know, we talked about all-cause mortality, basically. Um, and when they adjusted this all for demographics, comorbidities, um, health care utilization, all kinds of things. But the bottom line is BUP was had a much better suicide reduction. This is all this one study. Correct. Okay, I'm just making sure that I'm following and you didn't just jump into other No, man, okay, I'm stuck so. on this. This is this was just a, it was an online editorial about this study. Um, and interestingly, if you look at all more, all cause mortality had kind of that protective effect from all three, right? So all three decreased all cause mortality, um, but naltrexone was less than the other two. Which like statistically less correct. protective for all cause mortality or just suicide? Yeah, all cause. So again, buprenorphine reduced suicide mortality um, better than the other two. But when you look at all cause mortality, uh, both bup and methadone gave some conferred some safety gotcha. uh, to all cause mortality, where naltrexone not so much. So if you're looking, I mean, to, to kind of give a little percentages and data to that so 50 greater than 50 percent reduction in risk of suicide with any moud yeah but like you mentioned bupa superior at 65 percent reduction in suicide risk just hmm. from switching over isn't that crazy it is very crazy um i mean i don't think we think about that often when we start people on medications that that and you know i don't when i think about it all the patients we've had over the years i I struggle to think of anybody that I'm sure committed suicide. Um, nah, one. Yeah. But was not at that exact moment. You had just started him back Oh, that's on. correct. Yes. Um, now that I think about it, yes. So, but my question into this study, and this is definitely not something you have an answer to unless it's just not written down here, um, but would be, would be to the authors of the study or it'd be a follow-up or whatever you want to do with it, but... This is these 6,100 patients all went to... 61,000. Excuse me. 61,000 patients all went to some type of MOUD. I wonder what the all-cause mortality and suicide risk would have been without the MOUD. You know what I mean? I do. So that would be... Yeah. Cause, or did this study actually show... Did it have a control group that didn't have MOUD patients? It had a control group, I believe. Okay. So, no, it was just because, like, what was the all-cause mortality if it wasn't suicide, which could be a million factors. We're talking VA right now, so average age and all of those things. But it's just... Beyond the scope of this podcast. I know. I'm just, I'm just throwing out there just other things I think that are important to think about. Yeah. And um, I think, obviously, overall, like you just mentioned, that our patients that... You know, anecdotally, you see who are on bube, um, you know, their mental health diagnoses. How many times do you get rid of three mental health diagnoses when they're on bube because their lives have stabilized or they're not on, you know, they're not having some of the, the complications of being on opioids and all those things, too. So it, it's it's interesting, though. It is. Because I think some people argue that bube is still an opioid, but it's you're going to get to that. See my bridge here? But oh. since it binds differently to the mu receptor, I think there's a little difference there. And then I'll let and you other keep receptors. Talking. Yeah. 
So why is bup better? That's the question. Why is buprenorphine better than the others? Um, number one, uh, it's thought that possibly that ceiling effect may may confer some of that safety, right? Accidental uh, overdose that could be thought to be suicide. Well, you know, so there's less depression, you know, respiratory depression and death. Well, and if again VA study, like yeah. what percentage of these patients had smoked? Pack your history, COPD, yep. um, all those things factor in yeah. so that would be under so safer yep safer than an opioid um and of course buprenorphine is a kappa receptor antagonist so again and and i have this conversation with patients sometime that we may see, patients sometime that we may see some improvement in the depression and often it's very quick um but it confers that mood elevating effects that they think are kappa related so i think that's an important thing to think about too uh and again i think we've talked about this in previous podcasts about uh, buprenorphine being studied for resistant depression hmm. so there you go yeah. and so buprenorphine is associated with that rapid alleviation of depression depressive symptoms i guess i've not seen that rapid alleviation that just seems a little bit more dramatic than i've seen depends on how you say it rapid or just rapid no but rapid is rapid oh. so anyway i just don't i don't know if i've personally seen that rapid increase or change excuse me um <laughs> Um, also associated with decreased suicidal thoughts and self-injurious behavior. Yeah. So. Yeah, and I think that you know, uh, you know, if you look at it overall, you get these antidepressive effects. Uh, it's been reported with OUD. It's been reported without OUD, and it's also been reported in chronic pain studies. So. Um, this is buprenorphine. Yeah, buprenorphine. It does. It it seems to. It's not just related to f helping them with their opioid use disorder. And people without an opioid use disorder to receive it also to get that benefit from the kappa. Receptor. Although that is not a um, FDA approved diagnosis for using buprenorphine products. Correct. That is not an indication. So that would be off label. That would be off label. I personally don't think I would be comfortable jumping to buprenorphine as my treatment of choice for depression. But, mm -hmm. you know. It's really the bottom line on it is that, you know, studies support the relative importance of that kappa antagonism compared to its mu agonism uh, when it comes to suicidality and suicide risk. So we should do an entire podcast on the kappa antagonism in general, whether related to bup or just other things, like what kind of research is out there? That'd be a rabbit hole. You uh, like jumping down low. Yeah, so. I'd, I'd be there for like a week get digging into that. But I think this is just a really cool study. I mean, how many patients with OUD have some type of comorbid mental health illness. I mean, that we've seen. Um, how many times is it related to their use? A lot too. But knowing that not only is the buprenorphine going to help their risk of accidental overdose and death because of the opioid use disorder and, you know, all of that, but also can help their mental health as well. You bet. Hmm. That's all I got. That's it. Well, do you want to do the little exity thing? Oh. <laughs> or do you not know the exity? Like? I don't really know it. All right. So before we let Casey take over, Casey with Battle Eggs, which is also on Spotify, of course, um, we just want to mention that this podcast is produced by Casey Devine and now also with Ars Longa Media Productions and Dr. Patrick Beeman, who now takes his boards in about one week. Good luck, Patrick. Uh, it's literally one week from today when this is airing. That's cool. So always check out their website for any other type of creativity and health intersection information, all of that. Super fun. <laughs> 
All right, peace out. Do you love an apple? Do you love a pear? Do you love a lassie with curly brown hair? Still, I love her. I can't deny her. I will be with her wherever she goes. The day I first loved her, she couldn't be mine. She moved far away without a goodbye. But still, I love her. I can't deny her. I will be with her wherever she goes. She'd stare at her books with a pen in her mouth. I'd drink too much whiskey, and she'd call me out. But still, I love her. I can't deny her. I will be with her wherever she goes. Sport and I'd play, but now the cradle it gets in me way. But still, I love her. I can't deny her. I will be with her wherever she goes. Do you love an apple? Do you love a pear? Do you love a lassie? With curly brown hair, still I love her. I can.